2: Hey, friendos! Steve here! And Larson.
0: And welcome to the new era of
3: going in raw, Matt Chat. We decided we owed it to the friendos on the Patreon, sending in their questions to get some actual expertise on this show and not just a couple of clowns. And I can't think of a better person to invite for the very first episode of this special Matt Chat than Brian Zane from Wrestling With Regret. Welcome to the show, Brian. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Uh, it feels good to be the first guest here on Matt Chat. Although I'm, I think you're kind of overshooting here when you refer to me as expertise, because I am the expert of nothing really. But I'm happy to be here.
3: <laughs> Aren't you like a two-time Quizlemania winner, or just like a one-time Quizlemania?
1: Uh, yeah, I was a one-time. I was, you know, I came in like a like a meteor, like a flash of light, and then I immediately, you know, just totally washed out. But yeah, uh, you know, at least I had that that week you to did. enjoy it.
2: We started as washed so uh (laughs) you have the advantage there on us so using that you are an expert exactly so uh as
3: you know as the people know we get these questions directly from our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash steven larson and uh this is a monthly show we do and uh next month hopefully we'll have another guest uh because i don't think we've burned too many bridges in this industry quite yet so We'll get into it. Larson, who's our first question? Uh,
2: First question comes from Jacksonville's Mm. number one. Caught you a bad time. Guion. take it away Guion. What's going on friendos? This is the king of the
1: friend zone, Guion Halili. Back with another match at question. This month what I want to know is simple when will WWE have a jump the shark moment with these cinematic matches? And how soon will um, the fan base turn on them? um yeah i'm um, that's all i got try to keep it topical y'all stay safe out there and uh wear a mask people let's just all wear masks keep each other safe remember like like the friendo code just
3: be cool all right later guys thank you Gion halili thank you uh, Gion. brian what do you say uh, is wwe gonna jump the shark with these cinematic matches I think there's
1: people who could argue it's already jumped the shark about five times over. I'm not one of those people, but I think if it counts as cinematic, I would almost say the the Street Profits, uh, Viking Raiders thing we saw a backlash. Is uh, that to me was jumping the shark? I think because it was presented like you know this backstage, like it's the real world, it's like the WWE controlled world, and then they would cut to flashbacks and just do these other wacky things. And um, I don't know, I just did not like how that whole segment went down, and so that counts as cinematic. I guess that, and uh, I know that some people think that the swamp fight was also a case of jumping the shark, or I guess in that case, it would be the alligator, so those are kind of my two picks. Uh,
3: who's next? Am I next you or are. you're next? You are. I'm next. Are, oh, yay, me next. Uh, I don't disagree with uh, anything you said. I thought that the uh, the Street Profits Viking Raiders was, I, d- I would consider that a cinematic. You're right, though. It's funny that we're getting this new language of WWE presentation because you mentioned like it's presented in the WWE's real world, which is like their standard backstage cameras. It was just a really elongated, like setup version of that Mm -hmm. as opposed to when they use like a different frame rate and a fancier camera, like in the swamp match. Um, I'm going to say this. I think that like, number one, I feel like for me, the by far the worst cinematic match so far has been Adam Cole versus Velveteen dream in NXT. And I think, There's a couple things. I think, number one, if they really start to understand that these things have to be motivated by the story and not just, oh, well, a regular match won't cut it. We have to go out to the parking lot or to full sales back lot. Um, If they if they start to understand that um, and start to understand what works and what doesn't work. Um, I mean, the complaints that I saw about the Swamp match. Uh, Was like the ambiguous finish which was more like a horror movie like a Friday the It was like an homage to Friday the 13th and a lot of people were like crapping on that because it's like it's a it's also supposed to be a wrestling match like this is a wrestling show wrestling matches are supposed to have like finishes and when they don't it just feels empty Um I think, and there was like also a lot of talking with Bray Wyatt in that. <laughs> like he just he sat Braun down and lectured him for like ten minutes. It was or, a swamp
1: chat. It was the swamp it yeah. chat. It was swamp yeah, swamp
3: chat exactly. So like I think as long as they continue to learn what works and what doesn't work and apply that going forward, I have a hard time to I have a hard time believing that any of these are gonna finally like be the one because jump, jumping the shark is kind of that point where okay. This just sucks now, and it perpetually sucks. But just like with wrestling, when there's like a really bad match, the next time there's a really good match, people maybe they don't forget about the bad match, but all is forgiven. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh wow, what have you done for me lately? And I think as long as if the WWE is going to add this to like their language of storytelling of their presentation, as long as they continue to evolve the uh, the cinematic match, and that means. And this is going to be sort of in a a different question later on. It involves bringing in new voices to direct and produce these cinematic matches. As long as you keep that aspect of it fresh, so we don't get the the current language doesn't get stale, then I think uh, I I don't think it's going to jump the shark. I think it's going to be another way to tell stories.
2: My turn, yeah. Yes, Uh, agree with everything so far. Um, I will say there is a variable uh, in play that could lead to these cinematic matches jumping the shark at basically any moment and that's uh the input from vincent kennedy mcmahon if he gets an idea in his head that he has to have in there someone get farted on snow cones whatever that's gonna take these cinematic matches from potentially uh uh, uneven at times because yeah we've seen we've seen a a few that were nearing duds uh adam cole and velveteen dream and xt it was it was a brawl that they made a set back match for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, Brian, you mentioned the Street Profits and Viking Raiders. Uh, that was uh, pretty slapdash, really all over the place. It seemed unfocused. It was like basically any idea they want to do, they just put in there, regardless it made sense in the larger story they were telling. And it was like so still, long.
3: It was. I still so get long. the alligator.
2: Why was there an alligator in the dumpster? It was such a long thing. I know. And then the Swamp match was ponderous, uh, overly talky. And I understand the, essentially the swamp match was act two of the larger story they're telling between Broad and Bray. And I understand that. But when you're promising a fight, uh, you, you, I don't know, I, I understand why some people would feel like the somewhat amb, amb, uh, 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 ambiguous ending would be frustrating because they're promised to fight. And when there's a fight in uh, wrestling, usually there's someone you can say, they definitely won. Yeah, I know the Fiend rose from the boiling red water and Braun didn't. He probably did win. I guess he did. Whatever. We'll settle it at SummerSlam, anyways. But if Vince gets an idea and decides, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the the reins on this particular cinematic match, and it's like he's writing the dialogue, and it's like those Roman promos from a few years ago, where he's saying "suffered succotash," then you're getting to the point where uh, several sharks will be jumped.
3: Yeah, if he decides, that's actually a really good point. If Vince decides to get hands on with all of these, because it seems like like when you look at the the Boneyard match, like behind the scenes stuff and the Undertaker documentary stuff, like it feels like he's like, okay, you guys, you know, Triple H, B- Borash, go off and do your thing. If Vince decides to be on the scene directing this stuff, number one, it could be absolutely fascinating. It could be so bad, though.
1: Would be hilarious if Vince tried to direct. I would love to see just like just for just for experiment, not like a permanent thing. But let's see what happens if he gets behind the wheel of one of these things. I want to see yeah. what Vincent Mann would do with a cinematic match, like he had 100
2: control over.
3: Like what's going on inside of his head that's going to spill out onto the <laughs> onto the film? <laughs> oh, it could be a whole lot of a, a whole lot of no good. Just a whole lot of no good. <laughs> oh man, uh, continuing on with the theme of cinematic matches, Christopher Rappersod has a question. Let's see what Christopher has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. So, my question is, what do you think is the next cinematic type match they are going to do? Since SummerSlam is coming up, I think what type of theme cinematic match they should do for SummerSlam? Should they do like a barbecue or maybe a beach fight? What do you guys think? Of who should be in the match? What type of stipulation should the cinematic match be since we're going to be in SummerSlam and they're going to probably do a cinematic match? All right, guys, be safe out there. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you, Christopher. All right, I'll go first on this one. The question, what's the next cinematic match WWE is going to do for SummerSlam? I have, uh, oh, I only have, I have one idea here. No, I have two. Uh, number one, I kind of feel like, I granted, the Swamp match wasn't great. I also didn't think it was too bad. I feel like you got The Fiend. That's like the cinematic match is his thing, so I kind of feel like, the fiend versus Braun should probably be another cinematic match this time for the title. Uh, but more importantly that I think that, uh, Bailey and Sasha, I think that their presence, their charisma and their performance lately has been so good that as long it's not the actual match between those two, maybe if it's like a tag match or something, I would love to see what they could do with their characters, the role models, uh, in a cinematic environment. Um, I think that could be a lot of fun, and I think I I would want to push whatever match they're going to do between them, if that's the case, for like when there's actual fans around. Um, But I would love to see those characters in a cinematic setting of some sort. I don't even
2: know what it would be, but that that would be my pick. You're taking Uh, things much too seriously, Steve. This is what it needs to be. (laughs) SummerSlam. Go to a beach in Central Florida somewhere. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and he set up like the Beach Blast 93, those little mini movies they did. Mm-hmm. The match is, uh, so Randy Orton, you know, he, he's out killing legends left and right. So he decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aim for uh, probably uh, most superpowered legend in WWE right now, and that's Brock Lesnar. He wants his win back from SummerSlam 2016. He challenges uh, Brock Lesnar, says, get off your farm, meet me at the beach somewhere in Central Florida, and we're going to have a fight. So this is what's going to happen. It's going to start on the beach. They're gonna start fighting out towards the water yeah, okay, and then there's gonna be a shark that swims up Bang! Oh, f5 for the shark They're gonna keep fighting in the water somehow <laughs> They're gonna make their way on top of a surfboard continue this brawl, so they're out in the middle of the ocean fighting <laughs> on a surfboard And then uh, Randy Orton punts Lesnar on the surfboard Lesnar falls in the water that same Sharky F5 comes, gulp, eats Brock Lesnar. Wow. <laughs>
4: wow.
2: And it's all
3: sponsored by WWE Battlegrounds. There you go. <laughs> That's your cinematic match. All right. That's... Zane, you're up.
1: <laughs> well, I, I agree with what you said, Steve, about how Bray is kind of like, I think the cinematic world can kind of be his for a while. It seems to be right up his alley. We've seen him exhibit some range with it, with the Firefly Funhouse match and with uh, this last Swamp fight and everything. And I like your idea of like Bailey and Sasha doing something. I'm up with the idea of like cinematic scenes. Like maybe not so many matches or fights, but like pivotal storytelling segments. Like mm-hmm. out in the field somewhere. Like, uh, oh no, a drug deal's gone bad. And now so <laughs> Bailey and Sasha
3: have to confront their... That's good. I like that.
1: <laughs> something like that. That's, that's how we get the match at SummerSlam. <laughs> so they're actually couriers.
3: I like no, I like that. That's good. Yeah, they're uh, they're yeah. drug couriers. They yeah, they do like a like a WWE version of locked up abroad. I like that. That's really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think the Bray Braun is also a great uh, possibility for that. You know, but I'll tell you one thing: we are definitely getting like cinematic skits at SummerSlam. You know what sells tickets? And, you know, drives up ratings: skits. I want some pool party, barbecue, hot dogs, ventilators, the works we're going to have like a bunch of funny cinematics and like and one serious cinematic at Somerset. That's kind of my prediction. But you know, I would love to see I'd love to see Hulk Hogan show up and do a walk-on one of these just walking. I've never been here before yeah. and just like honestly, how how hard would it be just to pay Kevin Sullivan a bunch of money to put some of the black paint on his forehead and have him recreate a Dungeon <laughs> of Doom encounter just like as a side gag in the middle of something yeah. else totally irrelevant going on?
3: I like it. I like oh, it. Wow. I think, honestly, when I think wrestling and I think the beach, I, I think of Beach Blast, but I also just think of Hogan. Like he just, like, yeah, you know, Thunder in Paradise. Th- thunder and, thunder yeah. in Paradise, exactly. I just think of Hogan when I think that. I think it'd be great like we have yeah, integrate some thunder in paradise like that'd be yeah. easy to get the rights to the
1: boat just sails up it's like so brother me and me and jack lemon's son we're gonna fight crime
4: <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on angie to make your backyard the best around in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: Uh, Okay, so you mentioned uh, the potential of doing skits, cinematic skits. Uh, Our next Matt Chatter, uh, Church Jackson, he's a debuting Matt Chatter. He has a question. Kind of related to that, let's see what he has to say. Hey Steven Larson,
4: it's Church Jackson here, long time friendo, first time Matt Chatter. I was thinking about with the way the wrestling landscape is, do you think it would be a good idea for the WWE and
1: AEW to reach out to the people that were in charge of Lucha Underground a few years ago and talk to them about doing cinematic matches? I was a big fan of the way that was handled. And I think that they can improve on a lot of the cinematic wrestling that's going on today. Uh, that's it.
4: Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Uh, one sweet. Love. Have a good day. Peace
3: out, friendos. Thank you, church. All right, Larson. Thank you, church. The producers of Lucha Underground, uh, should they be coerced to help out with these?
2: uh well they did wb did hire chris DeJoseph joseph back in december he was one of the executive producers of lucha underground um he was just recently fired i think about a month ago i don't know if he worked at all on any of the cinematic matches that happened between his hiring and, and his subsequent uh departure from the company uh i don't know Um uh, but uh you know they did hire one of the guys from lucha underground i don't know how much he was involved uh if any Uh, So should AEW look at that? I don't know. Uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan, not the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Production uh, uh, wizard, Kevin Sullivan, yeah, yeah, uh, is under AEW's employee. He handles their production stuff for him. I thought the production aspects of the Stadium Stampede match, tons of fun, Mm -hmm. really clever uh, production, uh, I won't say tricks, but uh, strategies and whatnot. He also that did, match. He also did a lot of cool stuff for impact. Impact when he was yeah, with them. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. Yeah. So uh do they need to? No. Would it be a good idea if they want to go that route of going, you know, as as Brian said in the previous question, more kind of cinematic setups for matches as opposed to full on cinematic matches. Um but I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's an absolute essential thing that they need to do. Good idea, maybe yeah, may have some conversations, but do they really need to? No, I don't think so.
3: Uh, Brian, you're up.
1: Okay. <clears throat> See, I didn't realize that Krista Joseph was hired and refired. I must have missed that because I I was about to say, yes, bring him because he has the experience in the company and he also is so inte- integral to the success of Leech Underground. But clearly, that didn't work out. So, <laughs> I mean, as far as like, I don't know, I'm open to the idea of bringing people in who aren't really in wrestling and maybe who work in, I mean, as much as we – Historically, I've kind of crafting the idea of Hollywood writers and everything being involved in wrestling. Well, now's the time for it, I think, to happen. Because if we're going to be putting more emphasis on cinematics and like shooting out in the field and and relying more on actual like, acting with your, your voice and everything instead of fighting so much, then yeah, I think now's good time to bring in some Hollywood writers who might know a thing or two, might follow WWE, might have some interesting perspectives. Like, yeah, we, they have Jeremy Borash. Who has experience with these kind of things but he's just one man with one perspective so I think it does need to be maybe do kind of a, a talent swap program where every other month or so you can swap Jeremy Borash and Kevin Sullivan at AEW and like they just try out it, it's it's uh, it's producer swap
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah
1: something like that but I mean yeah now's the time to bring in some more Hollywood names maybe not for writing everything but for having some kind of production expertise or perspective when they do go to the cinematic route
3: yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that especially these days. Look, man, you turn on Netflix, you turn on Amazon Prime. There is so much content out there that's really high quality stuff in the world of TV and streaming that I, I feel like it'd be kind of easy. I mentioned this in one of the earlier questions. Like you said, Jeremy Boris, she has his own filmmaking language like we've seen it. We know it, we're comfortable with it. It's going to get to the point where you might want, like you said, other perspectives, other voices, other uh, uh, visionaries uh, to carry out some of these skits. I don't know if they're going to do this because Vince likes to keep his guys around doing that stuff because he has control. Um, and I'm not sure if any of these uh, people coming from, you know, uh, the world of, of TV and streaming would be used to working with somebody like Vince McMahon. But Hollywood is its own weird beast, so maybe they would be. Um, but I think it'd be an awesome idea to bring in people uh you know with a proven track record to do you know a pay-per-view like if you're going to have some cinematic skits if if the pay-per-views can be sort of thematically bound by a certain visual language i think that'd be awesome i think that'd be really really cool to bring in different uh different visions to do that so i mean like you said they brought in a guy from lucha underground and evidently didn't use him or they got ahead they went ahead and fired him um but uh, I, you know, I went back just as a refresher and watched some of the some of the cinematic stuff from Lucha Underground, and it's so well done. Like mm-hmm. it, it does have a very awesome like cinematic feel. Um, and with Borash, like I said, you know what you get. Like there's nothing too showy or flashy. He's a decent storyteller, but sometimes you want a little bit more sub or you want a little bit more flair. You want a little bit more uh, flash to it. So uh, and just a different way of telling stories. So uh, yeah, I would definitely say. Uh, if not Lucha Underground, definitely expand your horizons, bring people in and produce this stuff because I think it can add a lot to the product.
2: Yeah. Give us a uh, WrestleMania directed by Werner Herzog, please. <laughs> like get, get get a Rob
1: Zombie to guest direct one of Bray Wyatt's next fights or something.
3: I would I would dig that. I would like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. uh, next up. So uh, of course there's the big storyline going on right now between Oscar and uh, and Sasha Banks over the Raw Women's Title. So Seffi and Ron Armenta have a question about that. Let's see what they have to say. Hi Stephen Larson. This is Ron and Sefi. And Seffi has a Matt Chat question for you. Go ahead, Seffy. What's the Matt Chat question?
0: Do you? Think Oscar is going to steal back her title that Bailey and Sasha took from her.
2: All right, thanks a lot, and uh, and if it doesn't get
3: stolen back, uh, do they think they're going to do a tournament? And what is the outcome of that tournament or match going to be? Thanks a lot. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you, Sefi and Ron, uh, Brian. You. What what do you think? How's this going to play out? I mean. I- I think I would have liked it if the decision stood
1: and for whatever reason, because Bailey wore the shirt and like, that's like, you know, it's binding if the referee shirt, that's, that's the ultimate hall pass. So let's, you know, let's have Sasha be this illegitimate champion, have Asuka kind of chase her for it. And then, Oh, Kyrie's gone. So now she's got to pursue and it's the two-on-one thing. Where's she going to find friends? Uh, and then it culminates in Oscar maybe getting it back. I'd be open to that happening, but we're not getting that as it turns out because they just announced on Monday that it's going to be next Monday, they're going to have a rematch and everything. So, I mean, it could go one of two ways. Either Sasha just wins the match outright and the heels win again. Or against my better, what my heart desires, I think it's going to be like Oscar will win after Bailey tries to interfere and it backfires. And that will get the ball rolling on what everyone's been wanting for like the last three years. That's a singles program with these two. So we'll see. I, I like the it's like, I don't mind the two woman power trip. Everyone, there's some people who just like uh, there's it's, they're they're killing other ladies pushes and uh, it's, I don't know it's it's we're in a pandemic and booking is in a weird time now I think people are a lot less forgiving about the way wrestling is right now or WWE uh, in the wake of this pandemic than they should mm-hmm. <laughs> okay mm-hmm. I feel like I mean I don't want to be like give, giving them free passes on everything but I do think there's a lot of times where it's like give these guys a break they're working with like not as many people as they usually do and so I have a little handcuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I I actually kind of I agree with that. I think that like uh, for the longest time, I know being being a big fan of Bailey, being a big fan of Sasha Banks for the longest time, I always give give them all the titles. They have all the titles now, and it's and on, honestly, I love it. I think it's great, and I think that mm. they've been able to like you know you see on the lower card in the women's division on Raw last night, for example, Raw this past Monday rather. Uh, Peyton Royce, Ruby Riott, Bianca Belair, they're all engaged in something. You got, granted, I know the karaoke showdown uh, provided the motivation for one of the stories on SmackDown, but at least they're doing something without the title there. I don't think that, I, I think that people, I think they're making decent progress in other stories without the titles. And so I'm totally fine with them being a, a, a two woman power trip. I think it's great. I think they deserve it. I think that people a couple of years ago were saying, oh, they have buried Bailey. They buried Sasha. And it's like, well, look at them now. And mm-hmm. they're doing great work. So mm-hmm. I think it totally makes sense. I think it's great. Um, I think you're right. I think probably what's going to happen is Bailey is going to end up screwing Sasha. I mean, Stephanie was very obvious when she was talking about the match. She said, by the way, Bailey, if you interfere, Sasha will lose. So that will almost guarantee that is going to be the scenario that plays out. Um, I do wish that we could have had a bit bigger of a build for this, maybe a couple weeks and maybe have Oscar trying to get the title back uh, uh, via social media, or, you know, maybe we could do some like extra videos on the side or something where she's like trying to, you know, chase after Sasha. I don't know. I just, I really like this whole scenario and I just want to see it play out a lot longer. But, yeah, next week, that's fine. It should be a cool match.
2: Yeah, it should be. Um, the only thing that kind of bothers me about this whole situation is Sasha didn't win the match, yet she still has the belt. Mm-hmm. That belt should be in Asuka's hands right now.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, that was – I. we started talking this in the Raw review. It's like that's one of my problems with – the idea that there's no authority figure in the ring to be like, hey, that yeah. should be yeah. with her totally. right now. Yeah. It feels I, lawless. I,
1: I, I, I'm open to the stolen belt gimmick, but the problem is there's two of them happening on the Raw right now because there's not only Sasha with, yeah, yeah, with the I Raw Championship, yeah. but also MVP has the U.S. title and it's not really his. So mm, that's yeah. a bit of lazy booking. And also, it's like I was kind of taken aback the fact that you, Stephanie for that spot last night, but I'm like, well, who are, who else would it be? Uh, there's no authority figure. That's kind of like, that's the problem when you've kind of made this promise. There's no more authority figures is that then you have to figure out how does this world police itself? Like how, yeah. how are decisions made? It's all yeah. like, Oh, by the way, this was decided. Da, 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 and this match was made. Like or the wrestlers just make the matches and then we find out via commercial break. Oh, this match has been made. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think, the, I think our problem was, was not with the existence of authority figures it was the over reliance on them. yeah so as easy as you know it's it's kind of a cliche to say go back to the days of jack Tunney, who only came in in extreme measures to do something that would be a time to have an actual authority figure on standby uh Definitely. and if, if that's stephanie's role then fine i just i think it's like it's so rare to the point where it's like oh like this feels out of place
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I actually Mm -hmm. think that especially now during the pandemic, when he's been forced to be available only via iPad, uh, Regal's role in NXT, I think like everybody, it's, it's basically sort of everybody does their thing. And then if anything goes overboard, Regal will step in like we saw that with Cameron Grimes attacking Damian Priest. And, uh, and you know, he's out there. Damien Priest, like, punched him in the jaw. Cameron Grimes is celebrating. And then they're like, hey, no, you have this match right now. You have to. Or, I think that was the Finn Balor thing. You have to go do this now. And so it's like they're still in check. Like, there's still a system of checks and balances in the world of NXT because of Regal. And all it takes is uh, the referee, Drake, showing up with an iPad. Hey, yep, you can't do that. I want to um, see.
1: I want to see ref, uh, GM Regal on like a robot. So have the iPad on like one of those weird yeah, robots, right. like one of those like hospital robots, and like yeah. just have the him. The
2: dynamic ones, yeah.
1: And, and just like have him bumping into things. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh,
2: oh. Dun, dun. oh, excuse me, excuse <laughs> or, me.
1: Or fit him in like a Dalek kind of a uh,
3: contraption. <laughs> or the uh, the thing that they had. in, remember Rocky IV when he was like super so yeah. rich and he had that robot. Yeah.
2: The robot, yeah. Talking yeah, I remember that. Heck yeah, man! Well, I got, I, I got to more. It. you guys covered, you covered it. You guys covered everything, fun. <laughs> All right. I just, I'm just, I'm just. I don't, i do not know why Oscar didn't have her belt back. That's, that's the thing. She should have the belt until the match next week. Yeah. Good point. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that.
3: It'd be nice if she had it back. I mean, yeah, she I tried. They sort of like ran after them, and then like they ran away, and then Stephanie showed up.
1: So yeah. Stephanie's like, no, no, no. She keeps that belt, Oscar, for one more week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what? Wait, why, why, why in t- that video <laughs> address did she not say Oscar or Sasha? Give it back to her? There's one more
3: issue here. Where's HR when it comes to Bailey ripping a shirt off a guy? Oh, like, yeah. this is a referee. I mean, granted, he's buff daddy. Like, <laughs> she straight up stripped a guy live on camera, live on air, and there was no repercussions for Without that. Without his consent. It's, it's, Without it's his terrible. consent, exactly. It's terrible. Uh, all right, next up, Patrick Sparks. Is this a text question or video question? It's video. Oh, okay, cool. Let's see Patrick Sparks.
1: Hey, friendo, Pat here. Um, so... We saw the Good Brothers, EC3, Eric Young, multiple other people return to Impact. Recently, we saw FTR go over to AEW. Now, my question is, is in five years, do we think that a lot of these people are still going to be with the respective companies that they chose to go work for? Um, Did that choice of wherever they went, is it going to be beneficial? for their careers? Is it gonna give them the big boost that they need or is it gonna be detrimental? Who do you think's gonna come out of it all the best? Who do you think's gonna take some hard hits and sadly not be very good where they are? And yeah, thanks Randos.
0: Get started at angie.com. That's A.N.G.I. or download the app today.
3: Uh, thank you, Patrick Sparks. Of course, it's been me, a man. lot of. Uh, God, it's it's hard to believe it's been three months since those releases. It was I in know. April. That's crazy. So uh, and of course, all those uh, no compete clauses are, are dropping like flies right now. Pretty much everybody's out of those, I think, as of a couple yep. days ago. Yep. We've already seen appearances and impact uh, and have any of them actually gone to AEW yet? No, they haven't, huh? Okay, uh, yeah. Except,
1: except maybe for for Tino Savatelli. I think he's the first one to cross That's the line. That's
3: right. He's <laughs> supposed to be on Dark, like, tonight while, tonight. while we're filming this, huh? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, in five years, so hard to predict what's going to happen in five years. I think that there's uh, – I, I wrote down, like, the bigger names here and what my predictions are for five years from now. Uh, I think, number one, first and foremost, it kind of depends – on if Vince McMahon is still in control of WWE five years from now. I think that might make somewhat of a difference with some of these names. Uh, first up, Eric Young. I think that he's probably going to be retired from entering competition in five years. He'll probably be, if Impact is still around, which if history is any indication, they will be. Um, Eric Young's going to be helping to run Impact, maybe. Um EC3, I think he is going to be forever embittered by his experience in WWE. I don't think, I mean, maybe the fact that Triple H was running NXT while he actually was on TV in NXT, if Vince is gone and Triple H is in power, maybe he can convince him to come back. Um, I think the Good Brothers, they'd go back if, if the money was there. I think that they understand. I mean, their whole thing is it's a business first I have no reason to think that if the WWE offered him tons of money, they'd be like, okay, well, put a pumpkin on my head. I'm fine. Um, (laughs) Heath Slater would 100% go back. I don't think he probably ever will because as soon as he showed up in Impact for Slammiversary, they, like, booked him as guy trying to get a contract again, and I just don't see much of a ceiling there. Uh, Rusev probably would, and he probably will go back. Uh, Zack Ryder will probably go back. Kurt Hawkins, I think, has a big opportunity here because I think that he's got a ton of charisma. He's got all the tools. If he can put together like a really good run somewhere else, I think maybe they'd bring him back, but he's also kind of on the older side. So there you go. Those are my thoughts.
2: All right. Uh, will they all stay where they signed their contracts to currently? No. It's d- usually in wrestling, doesn't work out that way. Uh, but getting away from WD when you're not doing anything, uh, the odds are pretty good it's going to benefit your career. Rather than sitting on the sign lines or wrestling on main event, not in the main event, not in the main event, on the show main event, uh, you're not in front of a whole lot of eyeballs, if any. Uh, you're not making that sweet main event the actual main event, not the show. Money, and uh, 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 getting away from that, that kind of, this is kind of like the, the common threads to this episode. The Kafkaesque nightmare of dealing with WB Creative and not being involved while they're paying you a ton of money, which, you know... Getting paid a ton of money is pretty cool. Um, that that's gotta be frustrating. Getting away from that if you value uh, interesting storylines, you value being involved over the financial aspect of it, getting away from WB is probably the best thing you can do. Even if you're going and working in the independence. Granted, you can't really do that now because no shows are happening. But uh, you know, down the line, uh, when that when those return, if 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 building up your own brand is of utmost importance then going out and working shows and building up your own brand or rebuilding your own brand is what you're, you're going to want to do. Five years time, uh, Steve's pretty much right. Basically, everybody's door will be open to return to WB if they want to. Um, it'd be interesting to see after Gals and Anderson's deals with Impact run out if uh, there's any interest from uh, their former Bullet Club stablemates uh, in AEW, whether they'd be willing to bring them in. Uh, I think it was Meltzer, right, that said that uh, there was no uh, contract offer put forth to them from all elite yeah a couple of years time maybe that'll change uh we don't know um but you know it, 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 wrestling's business people are gonna go where they think they can have the best opportunity for themselves both financially and you know if of course if they if, if they value the creative aspect of it highly enough uh you know where they can get paid a, a, a decent sum of money and be involved do interesting stuff and that's where they're gonna go and if it means they're gonna stay an impact for the duration of their careers and so be it and that's where they'll stay
1: yeah, I'm kind of echoing a lot of the sentiments from both you guys in this one. Like, it's a lot of deep thinking to think where all these people are going to be in five years. We don't even know, like, if, you know, who knows if AEW or Impact will be around in five years. Yeah. Any, anything. You know, it's so crazy to try and predict one year in the future, yeah. much less five. In my Disney, experience-
3: Disney presents WWE. <laughs> Yes, the land of wrestling tomorrow. <laughs> um,
1: and like what, what Larson said, it's like everyone's got different goals. So it's like, would it be beneficial for the career? Depends on what they want. Do they want money? Do they want just to feel like validated and valued in the company? Do they want to be champions all the time? Like it just depends from person to person. As far as like the ones who are currently at new places now and official, I mean, of those of those guys, that crop, like say the people the who came who showed up at Slammiversary this past weekend, I'd say EC3 or Carl Anderson has the biggest immediate upside. Um, and then, like as far as the people who have not been signed anywhere right now, uh, I think Rusev of all the people who got released would have the biggest upside, either in the Indies or some other company. And like assuming things eventually ever get back to normal, and like the wrestling, the indie wrestling bubble hasn't really burst. Um, and people are allowed to run shows again, like the Indies have proven. It's a great place to like reinvent yourself and also get over. I think there's a lot of people like, you know, there's a lot of people who I think could have really had breakout years this year, had WrestleMania weekend gone off without a hitch and like guys like Dan Housen and Warhorse and all these guys with their, with their kind of like uh, boutique shows, like had gotten over, I think that, you know, and, and PCO reinvented himself in the Indies. There's so many examples of guys doing good, thing, good work in the indies and making it work out for them in a positive way, either with continued success and kind of defining their own terms or if they get signed to WWE for more money, that's what they want.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, our last video question before we do a couple of text questions comes to us from Dirty Rich and he has uh, an appropriately dirty question. Let's see what he has to say. Rendo's Dirty Rich here with his Matt Chat Question of the Month, and let's be honest right now, wrestling sucks, it's hardly enjoyable to watch, and to be honest, for the first time in my life, I'm like weeks behind, the only reason I'm up to date is because watching Going In Raw, hello, but we all know about a certain celebration that was on TV years ago between Edge and Lita, who would you want to see do one of those celebrations present day? Thank you, Dirty Rich. All right, Larson, who do you want
2: to see have sex? Well, it's a live sex <laughs> celebration on on, on TV, so they can't go right. that far with it, obviously. But so let's say Karrion Cross, he wins himself that NXT title. Doomsday is upon us. TikTok, Fallen Prey. Uh, there's this whole uh, apocalyptic thing they got going for him. So uh, rather than be like a full-on celebratory uh consummation of their love in, in celebration of him winning a title. This is gonna be like some uh sex magic thing. Yeah. Where they're gonna try to bring forth like the literal end of end of <laughs> at least NXT maybe. Okay. They're gonna really take this doomsday apocalyptic thing like really literally
3: man dude you had a bunch (laughs) of good ideas there that i think i could this would be a great collaboration so number one the sex celebration it has to be like eyes wide shut so you have all the pc performance center recruits (laughs) (laughs) they all have like the weird masks on and stuff yeah yeah right and then she gets pregnant with like the damien child from rosemary's baby yeah (laughs) it comes out it's like a demon child and it's it's played by damien priest
2: there you go
1: (laughs) The baby is born already fully grown yeah, exactly it becomes,
3: yeah
1: yes the, the, the uh destined NXT champion yeah it, it's, the, it's the illegitimate wow, son angle this that this man always wanted yeah it's the illegitimate son coming back to claim the championship
3: what a great idea we just booked the perfect angle okay brian what about you who do you want to see have said well
1: I, I can't top <laughs> that but i was gonna say we're totally getting one for angel garza and charlie caruso that is totally happening it's the only logical yeah. explanation for all this. Yeah. Or to go back to my earlier joke, just get Hulk Hogan to walk back on. There's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> he just walks into his, the room and he, he starts
3: dropping n bombs and everything. And just... <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. Oh, Hulk. oh, Hulk! He sits down on a bed with like his his buddy's uh, wife. He's all and sweaty it... and shit. Oh, I'm out of shape, brother. It's all it's all downhill from there, man. I, so I've got four different ideas here. Check this oh, out, man. Of course. Listen you to this. Here we go, man. This <laughs> is this is now it's my time to shine. Number one, Otis and Mandy. Come oh, on. Yeah. And it's going to be revealed that, of course, Otis up to that moment was a virgin. And we get to see the very first time that he has the sex. And it's like a it's like a, a, a Fast Times at Ridgemont High. They've already referenced that. And it's like that. Uh, next, again, talking about Damien Priest. He used to hang out with like a bunch of women that he for some reason would claim as his own. But here's the thing because half the time when Damian Priest delivers a promo, he's oddly sweaty, out of breath, he can't talk. He has a hard time getting erect because for some reason he got food poison. Cameron Grimes gave him food poisoning and catering. And he's like, he needs to shit his ass. And so he can't get his he can't get it hard. Next. Cameron Grimes and a farm animal. Next. <laughs> Randy Orton and his wife. Because if you've ever seen his Instagram, they're basically half the time almost about to do it or post coital anyways. So let's just get it over with. Let's just see the man have sex with his wife on Instagram. And there you go. <laughs> Could have come up with probably eight more, too.
2: Uh,
3: we got some text questions here uh, from first up from Jose Cruz it says, I heard a version of this question on Wrestle Talk, So I thought I'd ask you guys and see what you friendos come up with. First live show with fans, who do you guys book for the main event? Any wrestler from any promotion for fun, what other matches would you have? Uh, I don't have the order. Larson, who goes first? Uh, here? Brian goes first.
1: Brian, you're up. Well, I mean, the way I see it, if we're playing Ultimate Fantasy Book, first live show with fans, I just say, just do NXT versus AEW Super Show. And get it over with. Come on, all wow. you! Come on, all you stands! Just come wow. out! And make, come out and kiss already, because you're fighting so much over demos on Twitter. Here's Man. your main event, because it's all the main singles guys: It's Triple Threat, Keith Lee, John Moxley, Cody, and a Triple Threat. Oof. Get your women's champions, Io Shirai and Karrisha. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're doing tag titles, I guess you've got Page and Omega and Imperium, which eh, okay. Mm-hmm. Undisputed Era in eight, eight-man tag. Undisputed mm-hmm. Era versus Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. Oh, wow. Uh Rhea Ripley versus Nyla Rose would be a good one. Uh Robert Stone and Britt Baker in a debate. Uh nice. you have Bree Zango and Drake Maverick versus the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Uh and many more. Those are just some of the matches. A whole shitload of tag team matches basically be on the table for this one. But those are just the first ones that came to my head if we were to go totally balls to the wall and just do a super show.
3: Man, that was out. much more ambitious than my answer. Larson, what's, who's, are you next? Uh, are you next up, are up. You're up, you're up you're I'm up? up? Well, yeah. I just I feel like shit now because Brian just killed this question. Yeah. He, uh, so he, he, I, I'm going to say like, this. I have three words written down here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three words. Okay. So I'm just going to say this. I'm gonna, if, it's, if it's just going to be WWE, I just have WWE. Uh, I still kind of think that November is an optimistic outlook. Ale- Here's the problem with this. This is the problem with this is that there is not going to be – One moment when just, oh, there's a ton of fans here. It's going to be such a gradual thing because if Vince could have 100 people right now, he would bring in 100 people. And that's how it's going to go. It's going to be in stages. So first they're going to have like... You know, uh, half capacity at uh, the performance center. Then it's going to be like uh, you know full capacity at the performance center. Then it's going to be like quarter capacity at like a five thousand uh, uh venue, uh, five thousand capacity venue. So it's going to be like little bits and pieces. But once we do get that big giant celebratory moment, uh, I think that you would probably even if it can't be at Survivor Series, you would do a brand versus brand versus brand celebration. And in that case, I think you'd want your champions at that point to be Roman Reigns, Keith Lee, and Drew McIntyre. That's a triple threat. I think a lot of people would be really into.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, what do I have here? I have. You said you have
3: three words. This must be three amazing words.
2: I mean, it's pretty good. I got a couple other ones. Uh, whatever. The... These are the three matches that I feel like would 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 pop wrestling fans the most. This is just WB. Um, uh, if you stack the card with these three matches, what I have written here is Sasha versus Bailey. If they're going to have that uh, one-on-one match. That has to be in front of fans. Mm-hmm. Has to be.
3: Yeah, has true. Be.
2: I agree. Um, I feel like they need to do a Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar rematch in front of fans as well. And then while you're at it, uh, give us uh, – I know The Undertaker said he already had his last match. I don't believe that for a second. Um, <laughs> give me give another crack at this retirement match, but have it in front of fans. Uh, okay. and, and have it be like with a, a, an athlete. Announces before the season they're going to retire. Do it like that. Mm-hmm. And then people are just going to be like, you know, just, just. I don't know. They're going to be excited for to be, be there witnessing Undertaker's last match. That's what you do. And it's Undertaker versus Kane. That's his last match. That's how it has to be.
1: Oh, <laughs> does versus, it, though? Does versus, it have to be that match? Versus
2: Kane. How about uh,
3: it's corporate Kane versus uh, Mark Calloway? There you go. Mayor Glenn yeah.
2: Jacobs versus mark calloway
3: there you go our next uh text question comes to us from dan barber wants to know what are some wrestling moves or finishers you wish people would bring back
2: you go first steve
3: okay uh so here's the thing i i don't have a great answer for this because i feel like everybody already kind of I'm kind of surprised that nobody just has a straight-up powerbomb as their finisher. Like, it's either a sit-down. Like, I think Apollo Crews has a cool, like, sit-down weird powerbomb thing. Kevin Owens used to have the pop-up, but he uses the stunner now. Just like a straight-up, like a Kevin Nash jackknife powerbomb. You just throw somebody up and just hope that they land on their back. Um, I wish someone would bring that back. I'm actually surprised that bequeathing the pedigree to Seth Rollins didn't stick. Because, although I love the stomp, I think the stomp is a much cooler move. Like the pedigree is that one move that like nobody has really tried to adopt, and I think that's kind of odd. Um, so I'll just go with the pedigree. It was All a super. Uh, it's it's a crappy move, but it was like really super powerful. So I'll just go with the pedigree.
2: All right, uh, I got two. I know Damian Priest does a Razor's Edge, but someone's got to use that for a finish. That's such an awesome move. It's a good. It's a really good move. Uh, a move that you don't see very often is Daniel Bryan's old finish, Cattle Mutilation. Mm-hmm. That move looks like legit painful. Looks like that hurts. Mm-hmm. it looks like that sucks to be in that move I yeah. want to see that more often because I think it's great that's all I got the
1: one move I want to see come back in wrestling is just selling just as better selling that's, <laughs> not... <laughs>
3: that's good I like that uh, <laughs> next up we have a text question from Luisa Reza. It says, hey friendo so you're getting two questions for the price of fun since I missed last month's what events or things would be different so this is question number one what events or things would be different if COVID never hit? And for his second question, who would be on your Mount Rushmore for the following promotions, ECW, NWA, TNA, and New Japan? So let's start off with the first question. What would be different if the pandemic never happened?
2: All right. Uh, Shane would be uh, Raw Women's Champion. Yeah. I feel pretty confident about that. That's uh, first and foremost. I think that's probably the one booking decision that was – uh, definitely most likely changed due to having a mania at performance center because of pandemic. Um, uh, apart from that, I don't really know if anything major would have really changed. I think, you know, Drew still would have been champ. Uh, uh, well, Roman, he'd be champ now.
3: Yeah. That's what I have for my answer is just Roman um, probably be champion.
2: Uh, but, but yeah, I guess those two Shayna and Roman be champ. Otherwise I don't know if a whole lot would change.
3: Yeah. I don't know. What do you say, Brian? Cause that's kind of what I have too.
2: I think
1: another one would have been, I don't think Otis would be money in the bank.
2: I, that would not be
1: what happened. Um, and the money in the bank would not have been at the at the headquarters. That's true. Um, and I just I mean, just all I can think about is WrestleMania weekend in Tampa and all my gigs. Oh god, I'm so mad yeah, I missed all my Yeah man, so, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, and, and I'm just I only had a couple a handful of them. I know there's a lot more a lot more things going on. And uh, I I think that's the biggest heartbreak of all. The thing I've missed the most uh, the, the thing i've lost that i've missed the most in this pandemic has, was that weekend and how how dangerously close my friends and i were to saying screw it and go to tampa anyway because like well it's wow. we well we were close because it was like well like, you know everything's gonna be canceled but it's like well if we're gonna be safe We're it's gonna be all this airbnb and let's just like film some content let's make it a good content run and then eventually we got to the point where it's like nope beaches are closed i'm like well what the hell are we going to do in Tampa then if we can't have beaches and there's no restaurants available so mm-hmm. that was the final straw but there was a few of us in our group we were still kind of like uh, we're we're still going right we're still going to be oh, doing this trip oh man um, it was
3: yeah it was totally heartbreaking to hear the stories I think mm-hmm. was it Sports Illustrated that did it like somebody did a write up on like just how bad the indie scene was hit Um, they're losing Wrestlemania weekend or Wrestlemania week I guess and that was that's just absolutely heartbreaking. That's so bad.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was a It's been a real rough thing to, to get over, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm optimistic that those things will, will eventually happen.
3: Yeah, yeah, Definitely. I agree. And then <laughs> the second part of the question: uh, Who would be on the Mount Rushmore for the following promotions? Let's just take these one oh, did, by did, one. Did, did,
1: did Larson get to answer his yeah question yeah. one? Oh, you
3: did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah he started off, and I just piggybacked his. Um, so Mount Rushmore for ECW uh what do you guys got
2: rob van dam
3: just four rob van dams
2: no no for ecw <laughs> i thought we were going i thought we we're going promotion by promotion sorry Lightning, yeah right? yeah yeah so
3: larson who's on your mount rushmore for oh, ECW? total so i have
2: yeah. rob van dam for ecw uh i did i took the nwa after uh wcw split from it that was well no do, like-
3: do 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 all four for ecw Oh, oh, I have a Mount Rushmore for each promotion. Oh, I have
2: one Mount Rushmore for just the whole thing. I guess I misunderstood. So uh, for ECW, RVD, Raven, uh, Tommy Dreamer, and Surfer Sandman. Um, (laughs) If we do NWA after they split for WCW, that's what I had here, then it's Dan Severin. He had that dump forever. (laughs) After they split. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Do you Uh, have any? Four Dan Severins. Uh, for TNA, it'd be AJ Styles, yeah. Sloan Joe, uh-huh. uh huh. Bob Rude yeah. And uh, Kurt Angle. <laughs> no, you gotta go, Jeff Jarrett, man. Come on. No, I don't want like... to go. I don't have to go, Jeff Jarrett. Get out of here with that. <laughs> uh, for New Japan, Okada Uh Okada, mm-hmm. Um Tanahashi. Uh mm-hmm. Um. Man, I. I mean, about the
3: what about the founder of the company?
2: Yeah, Antonio Noki, I suppose. Uh-huh. He, yeah, for sure. And then uh, 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 Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh,
3: crap. I didn't put him on mine. Okay, no, that's a good one. So I'll just go next. I'll say New Japan. I got uh, Great Muda, uh, Antonio Inoki, uh, uh, Okada, and then I'll go ahead and put Liger on there. Uh, I had Hashi- uh, Hashimoto on there, but I'll put Liger on there. Uh, TNA, I've got Jeff Jarrett. Ain't he great? Uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode. In the NWA, I've got uh, Ric Flair, uh, Dusty, Lou Fez, and Harley Race. And then in the ECW, I've got Terry Funk, RVD, Tommy Dreamer, and Raven. Brian, who do
2: you have?
1: All right. From ECW, I have Dreamer, Rob Van Dam. I have Sabu, and I have Sandman. Those are my ah, rush rushers. Okay. NWA, I'm with you. Thez, Flair, Race, and Dusty. Yeah. Uh, TNA, I went a little different. I went Jarrett and Styles. I also went sting and angle because okay, if, it yeah. for the, if it weren't for those two guys, then I, I think TNA would have had a harder time getting legitimacy, especially in those yeah. years. For New Japan, I didn't really have anything written down because I don't know if, I don't know enough about their history. I didn't yeah. just want to go Anoki and these three modern guys I know. So it'd be like Anoki <laughs> yeah. and Okada, but the way you guys explain it, yeah, Muda and Liger would probably be my two other two as well.
3: Yeah, I just looked up the uh like longest reigns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay, You'll we'll Wikipedia method. On. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Sportster. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah. Anyways, uh, Brian, thanks so much Thank for you joining so much. us for Matt Chat, man. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot was more fun. fun than it usually is with me and Larson just sitting here, like, you know, mumbling <laughs> to each other. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, and then, of course, where,
3: we- where can people find you?
1: Yeah. Well, one of these days, you and I have to collaborate again. I feel so bad because there's been so many times where I ask you guys to help me with stuff. And then like when you guys ask me to help you, like, hey, I got to go Like the Vegas thing. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to, to work anything with you guys. Oh, actually, yeah. No, trivia it, mine. It, it, it all worked to, out. Glad to be able to do this. And since we do live relatively close to each other in the country, we can maybe hopefully do some more in-person
3: collabs. Definitely. In That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. Be but fantastic. if if y'all
1: who are watching want to find me, I'm at Wrestling With Regret on YouTube. And uh, then there's Twitter, Zeman Brian Zane, Instagram, at Brian Zane. And then there's Facebook.com slash Wrestling With Regret.
3: Cool. Well, thank you so much. And thanks to all the patrons out there. If you want to submit your question for next month's Matt Chat, you can do so. It's at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. It's a twenty dollar a month tier to submit your question. You also get the Friendo Care package, which includes Ah, here it is. You got the Stephen Larson going in rock comic book. It's a full color adventure uh where we like do a bunch of weird shit there's like space and stuff it's like like the eye for an eye match yeah really it's a giant (laughs) eye in there it's a
2: story that can only be told the page of
3: comp okay you got a bunch of other crap too a major
2: motion picture yes totally
3: so uh thanks (laughs) once again for watching till next time we'll talk to you later
2: goodbye